0: Hello, and welcome back to another Power Hour podcast. Today, you're gonna have me, Randa, and my husband, Grant. I feel like Grant is just like my go-to guest. We live together, so I can be like, hey, honey, I need a guest. I don't wanna talk by myself today, so come on the podcast.
1: And I'm always happy jump, jumping in.
0: Yep, and you know, I need to work on a new... Um, intro since i've renamed this is i think only the fourth episode since i've renamed and rebranded we've taken that long break um while we were building the PowerFit app so i think i'm going to do that for the next episode and kind of work on some things because i've decided like i really like podcasting and podcasting is something that i want to do two three four times a month and keep this pretty active so grant you might you may have to get used to being my guest a lot
1: i can do that i I thoroughly enjoy this so we uh i look forward to um Coming on here as much as I can.
0: And I feel like, Grant, you're always the first one to listen to it back.
1: Oh, every time. Um, As soon as you post it, I'm immediately listening, re-listening to it.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I guess I'm such a content creator. I'm like, create, create, get it out, get it out. So normally I feel like I'm already on to creating the next thing. And it's so cute that when, I feel like not even just the episodes that you do with me, but the ones I do with myself or with other guests will be like going to pick up Croy and I jump in Grant's truck and he's got the podcast on it. So cute. Absolutely.
1: I really like listening to the ones where you interview someone else, and I don't know, have any clue what's going on. You won't ever tell me what you talked about, so I'm, I'm just as anxious and eager to listen to it as y'all. So, uh, proud, proud, supportive husband over here. That's
0: so sweet. So let's kind of tell them what's been going on. Where are we, where have we been? At I feel like we're still at such a catch up pace. Mm-hmm. I know this episode we want to talk about abundance versus scarcity mindset and really investing in yourself and your marriage and development and therapy and all the things that a lot of people like to kind of stray away from or not have time or money for, quote unquote. Um, But before we dive into that, what's kind of going on with us? Our life, business, Croy, everything.
1: Yeah, things are starting to slow down uh, business wise, thank goodness. Well, obviously, uh, as I think a lot of you know, we've been building the PowerFit iOS app for the last 18 months. We've got about two weeks left of uh, plugging in workouts and cleaning things up and, and doing all that. So we're, we're looking forward to finally having a life. Uh, Croy Kingston is uh, growing up so fast. He's he's speaking in full sentences. Um, he just went poo-poo in the potty for the first time. So we're excited. This potty <laughs> training is, is going so well.
0: We don't know if it was like an accident because he has sat on the potty for every day since last almost a year. Yeah, about a year. He is like, we got this little tiny toilet, you know, and set it in the bathroom. And Grant, so, like, I, I have to go ahead and give myself a pat on the back here. I feel like I'm really good at, like, being in a childlike mindset, like, um, creative, imaginative, all of this. And poor Grant is so analytical that sometimes these, like, little kid things, Grant is just, like, I can tell. Like, Earth to Grant, yep. okay? So the first couple of days we had the little potty, Croy was like scared to death of it. Cried, didn't want to see it, didn't want to touch it, didn't want to sit on it. Um, and then we got comfortable where we would just sit on it. Well, then in his mind, he would sit on it and quote, unquote, go potty. Nothing would happen. And he'd get up so proud and flush the little toilet. And so then he'd be so proud saying, I go potty, I go potty. I got pee pee in the potty? Yeah, and then Grant like looks at me and he's like, he's not pottying, like what? What do you mean? Why are we celebrating that he's pottying when nothing is happening? And I'm like, Grant, he's not scared of it anymore. He's sitting down on it. He's comfortable with it, and he wants to celebrate in his mind, his little imagination. He is going potty. So with the kid, you just go with it. Like yeah. okay, like what am I going to try to talk, talk rationality to a two year old right now?
1: Correct. So once it, I. I it took me a little while to figure that out, and then so I started celebrating. So he jump up and down and throw his hands in the air. So I jump up and down, and throw my hands in the air. We give each other high fives. Well, we ran we to pick him up from school last week, and as soon as she walked in the door, he just started screaming, running oh,
0: and jumping.
1: I went poo poo in the potty. So
0: we are definitely. And wanting- we hold on real quick. We actually verified with the teacher that he actually did. Yeah, She's yeah, like, she he went. actually sat down and actually pooped on the potty. Now. I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know if it was an accident. I don't know if it was just God's timing that while he sit down, he was also getting ready to poop. I don't think he quite understands that And that, yet. Was,
1: that was also the first day we sent him to school in pull-ups. True. So we don't know if there's any correlation with that, but we just got in the, uh, the new PJ Masks Big boy pull-ups this week, so he is, he is all about his pull-ups right That's
0: now. That's right. And he told everyone about the poo-poo in the potty that night. Yep. We had to come home and tell Barbie. We had to tell Daddy. We had to go to the grocery store and tell everybody. We had to FaceTime everybody, mm-hmm. all the friends and family. So he is a very proud poo-poo in the potty one time only.
1: That's it. But it happened, though. <laughs> it happened. So, but Croy's doing great. Um, he's just so much fun right now. He's kid's super smart, ton of fun. Uh, we finally started taking him on neighborhood walks, and now he wants to be in his He was scared of his wagon for the longest while, and now he's he wants to go in the wagon, and we bring his little coffee machine, and he's got his toys, and he's got his snacks, and he just has his own little playpen while we drag him around the neighborhood on our walks and everything, and he just absolutely loves it, so it's... He, he's a fun stage right now
0: now that the weather's finally getting nice again yeah. we can go out and do those things and then last week we launched the half hour power program so our 30 minute and under which is four strength days two active recovery days and one rest day so two active recovery days with nice weather we're going out on our neighborhood walks together as a family which is
1: great yep
0: um that's been happening let's see what else oh we booked a trip to the
1: bahamas yep we're going to the bahamas in in a few in a few weeks so we're excited about that We actually got Croy's passport done when he was like a year old. And we we had this. To go to the exact same place we're actually going to.
0: Yeah, we were going to go in November when he was like just a little over a year old. Right. And then he got sick right before.
1: Yeah, he got sick probably two days before we were supposed to leave. And then one another couple friend of ours. Well, um, it was Kate and Coop. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to throw their business out there. <laughs> but yeah, Coop got he busted his shoulder up pretty bad. At the PBR finals. It was so yeah, he, it was going to be like the go. week after the PBR finals two yeah. years ago. We were so all he, he wasn't go. able to go. So we ended up ended up uh, having to cancel the trip. Pretty sad about it. So we kind of looked at each other. You're like, you know what? We're just laying in bed one night. Let's book the trip and let's go. Yeah, we already have his
0: passport. I'm so excited about that. It's getting nice weather, and then I'm actually going to Paris in a couple weeks. Right. So that's exciting. A lot of girls' trip. Mm-hmm. We have a fun birthday party this weekend. We'll keep that one a little surprise, but Croy's invited. I just feel like we're doing a lot of family things. My Paris thing is a girls-only thing, and uh, I'm excited about it. But also, I don't like to really leave Grant and Croy. I feel like Grant prefers me to have a little girl time, like pushes me and encourages it to where I get more hesitant and reserved just because I feel like I start to miss y'all. But I also know, I do think it is very important for like the marriage to exist outside of parenthood and also for Grant and I to exist individually outside of
1: marriage. Right. And I think it's kind of funny is that I I love my guy strips. Um, I take several a year. Uh, and so because I I do that and I always have them planned around fantasy football trips and other things, uh, you know, bachelor parties or whatever we're doing, I'm, I'm always encouraging her to go out with the girls. Go take a, a girls weekend. Go to dinner with your girlfriends and everything. And Randa's always very hesitant because she either wants to be with us or she's working or whatnot. So I'm always trying to push her to get out of her shell and go have some rest and relaxation.
0: Which is crazy because I never needed to be pushed out of my shell. But seriously, once I had Croy just like – so much change because he changes so quickly and I like didn't know how I wanted to be a mom until I became a mom and I just love being a mom and so maybe there's a little bit of guilt like I don't want to be away from him I just miss y'all
1: yeah which is understandable we're we're pretty cool yeah but Grant is
0: doing this like he's like
1: you want to go to Paris I'll just book it oh she said this is this is how crazy this was she was like, Hey, my friend asked me to go for her birthday to, uh, to Paris. I was like, You want me to get you a flight? And she's like, What? I got on Price Sign and literally within five minutes after her telling me I'd already bought bought her tickets and everything and got her registered for a plane flight
0: so ladies listening in support your husbands going on the fantasy football trip or whatever crazy man trip they have because i'm telling you i know grant did this for me because he still wants to take his men trip without it only being one-sided like if i take a girl trip and he takes a guy trip then i can't be complaining to him about taking a guy trip if i'm taking a girl trip i know that's exactly why you booked that flight for me
1: what What's, the, what's your point? And
0: I'm not mad about
1: yeah. it. <laughs> not that mis- uh, marriage is a, a tip for tap, but, you know, and it's not a competition by any stretch of the imagination, but you do like to not have it completely lump- or lopsided in one direction. Like, or I'm taking five trips a year and she's taking none. You don't ever want to do that. So, And I feel like, honestly, the past two or three years, we kind of got
0: there, which, again, I kind of took more on with being in the creator side, building an app, um, having, you know, a, it's. I feel like when... Croy is a baby and even just a new toddler, maybe it's sometimes easier for dad to go away than mom to go away during certain ages. So I think for a little while, Grant was like still just doing his man things because he's always done. Them.
1: Yeah. I mean, these are trips that I've, we've had on the calendars and books. I mean, years before we even met that, you know, I'm, I'm going to do. It happens do. yearly. It's it an happens annual. yearly. It is within the same week or two every year, same group of guys. It's just, it's my favorite weekend of the year minus, you know, Christmas and all the, the family holidays. But it's, uh, it's a good time. Yes, so we have
0: that going on, and then I guess we need to go ahead and dive on into what this session is about. Absolutely. You, so, you lead us off. Okay, well, kind of what's going on is, first off, Grant and I have been so open and honest about our journey with therapy ever since we were basically married, mm-hmm. even before that, even before we got married, starting with therapy. Grant maybe even has even longer history of it to talk about if he wants to, but what kind of com- came into this is all of this... Um, self-development, improvement, Different things like that. And I think that anyone who follows me maybe has a little interest into that because that's really what I feel like my online life is about, whether it's like strengthening your body with PowerFit or getting an empowerment coach to help encourage or support you or finding like small group friends that kind of like push you or make you want to like go and do things and show up for yourself. And it's it's really just kind of all this big environment of self-development, improvement, and things like that. Well, I started opening up about my journey that um, – The spring when I was pregnant with Croy, um, I hired my first one-on-one life coach. And we still did therapy. Like I had, we had our therapist and then I hired this one-on-one life coach. I had followed her on Instagram she was actually younger than me and not even a mom which is crazy but you know when you just vibe with someone I could tell she was an Enneagram three I could tell our personalities were very much aligned and to me that like just meant something like I feel like a lot of my team members or people that work for me I need like the yin to my yang but if I'm going to do like a life coach I want someone that just has that energy has that about them and you can't just kind of like always teach those things they just kind of like exist or, or become more magnetic, if that makes sense. So I feel like you get these two people that are really aligned in a force and then we come together and boom. So I, I come to Grant and I'm like, Hey, I want to hire this life coach. And how did that go?
1: At first I was like, uh, no, you're kind of crazy. Like I don't get it because I was kind of not resistant to it, but I'm like, why do we need this? Like I, you, if you want business advice, like ask me, like, if I don't I don't <laughs> understand why I can tell you everything you need to know. What do you need to hire this girl for a crazy amount of money? And so uh, we started researching. I was like, you know what? I think this could be a really good idea. It's outside the box. Yeah, it was like life slash business Yeah, absolutely. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. I'm all about self-care, all that kind of stuff. And so we signed up and Randall was like, why don't you sit in in with us and um, and, and join us. I was like, okay.
0: Yeah. Cause PowerFit was only little over a year old at that time. Yeah, and so I had like emailed that. her and said, Hey, do you mind if my husband comes to some of these meetings? Cause I felt like by the evening, Grant was going to want to hear what happened anyways. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why, if, if his schedule, we can make this align, why would we not do this all together? So not only was she life business coach, but also, um, she was like a strength trainer she did, like, fitness and worked out very strong and heavy like I did. She wasn't someone who was trying to weigh 120 pounds. She was someone who always wanted to be stronger and yep. heavier, and if that meant gaining weight on the scale, but, like, getting to be her best self. And so we just, like I said, aligned. And so we jumped, and we did it. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Grant and I just watched this movie on Netflix last week, the McDonald's movie. Tell them about it. because I'm, I'm, I'm Yes, because I'm going to correlate the two.
1: Yeah, so I love that movie. So basically it took uh, – Basically, it's it's uh, Ray Croft, Croc, I believe, is what it was. It was actually he wasn't the founder of McDonald's. He was the guy who actually took it from a mom and pop one restaurant uh, restaurant in San Bernardino, California, and he figured out a way to franchise it on the real estate, and he took it globally. And there was the two owners of McDonald's who actually didn't want to grow. It was
0: the McDonald's brothers. Yeah, the
1: McDonald's brothers. Uh, they didn't want to grow. They were too scared to take a risk. They were too scared to raise prices. They were too scared to do anything. Well, I think they had tried before
0: once. And this is very, very valid because I used to be a storefront owner. Okay. And so once you, I had the storefront and then people are like, when is storefront number two or three or four coming? And I feel like the jump from one to two physical locations is one of the biggest leaps a business can take mm-hmm. because you can have a physical location and an online location and really kind of oversee management wise. And so I think not to take away from those McDonald's brothers that were, they were a way too like holding back, if that makes sense on what they could have done. But I don't think they had a good experience when they opened two locations. So whenever from they tried management. to go
1: into Phoenix and a couple other areas, they didn't have a, a, a way to keep all everything regulated. So like theirs was, you know, Two pickles, mu- I mean, there was a yes. certain way yeah, to do Yeah, four drops
0: of ketchup, four drops of mustard, right. two pickles, well, and it was
1: all like All the other boom boom. locations were selling barbecue and chicken nuggets and things that were not on the McDonald's. Or adding in lettuce. Have a way to... Um, quality control. Yeah, they didn't have any quality control. And they didn't have a way to do it. And so, and even, I think it was Ray's first two restaurants that he opened up, his business partners, they did the same thing. They sold fried chicken. And so basically, he goes, you know what? I'm taking your franchise from you, and I'm finding instead of having rich guys to oversee stuff, he wanted people that are going to be in there working, you know, with the restaurants and everything, that it's it's their own, pr- they have a lot of pride in the restaurant. Right. And so what's crazy is when we started watching this
0: movie, was, I guess it was just a week or two ago, the guy, Croft, or Croc, what's Croft. his name? Croc. The guy that, like, basically grew the McDonald's franchise from everything, he, before that, was selling, like, Was it ice cream milkshake mixers? Milkshake mixers. Milkshake mixers. And he was trying to sell them to all these different restaurants. And he was saying, you know, like if we can speed up production or kind of like build it before you need it so that you can grow rather than waiting until you're busting at the seams and then you have to figure out how to fix it and expand it. Like instead of seeing, oh, well, you're only selling this many milkshakes, well, what if you could actually produce five times as much? would that actually increase your sales because you're able to do more and quicker? And so anyways, when he met the McDonald's brothers, I feel like their mentality kind of aligned of like speed and more and and not really kind of holding back, at least on that one location they yep. had. And so same, whenever I hired this like life and business coach, the reason I did it is because I was pregnant and I felt like I had always been a very high performing, a high performer in all of my businesses in showing up online and in everything. But there was this unknown coming and it's like not only was i getting big and pregnant but then i'm gonna have this baby and i'm gonna have this newborn season and there is going to be at least a short while that i cannot be as high of a performer as i always have been just physically hormonally everything absolutely that was coming so i my my whole mentality on hiring this life business coach that really had a personality like me, understood like fitness like me, was more of okay. I need some help to ways that I can automate, to ways that I can get more efficient, to ways that I can delegate more, and to ways that I can create more income-producing ways. Basically. Absolutely.
1: And what I, it was kind of crazy because you know I've been pretty successful in business and, and and already owned my own company for over ten years by the time we did this, and so I, I felt pretty good about what I knew about business. What she was able to just teach me about automation, delegation, uh, Kind of everything you just you mentioned. You mean automation? What? Automation. Yeah. You said automation. I do that every time. <laughs> every time. Why do I do that? That is like the one word I always mess up Automation. <laughs> automation. I don't know why I do that. Anyway. What is but really the delegating part Was how I have been able to get Two, three, four times more done In my work day uh, it's, it's incredible with all my real estate developments and projects that a lot of the tools I learned from her, I'm able to take on two or three, four pro, two to four projects at once versus only focusing on one, just because I understood, all right, you need to do this. You need to do that. And there's just a whole bunch of spreadsheets and, and different ways of, of going about things that I'd never even thought of. And so it was super beneficial for me.
0: Yeah. And then also she helped me create another revenue Source income stream, which was really awesome. And you know, it's crazy because you can listen to like all these podcasts or you can take on all these free tools. And even just listening to this, I hope you get like benefit and value, you know, out of this. But also, there's something about when you're meeting with somebody weekly. That is the ultimate accountability. And when you're paying that amount of money for a life coach, I was very upfront and honest on Instagram last week, I'll say it. I paid $12,000 for this life business coach for 12 weeks and we had a 50 minute session each week. It's a lot of money, right? A lot of money. But at the same time, then not only are you taking these these tools or these different things where she's diving in to get to know you and your business and, and your pain points and ways that you need to improve, maybe not just in business, but like even in life and in mindset things. But then you're having to come back the next week and if you're paying for it, you're like, I need to show that I'm implementing and doing these things, not only for the accountability of, I have to meet with her next week, but it's the accountability of, I'm spending this amount of money. So like, I can't just think of this idea or be told this idea and like, oh, one day that would be great. It's like, no, like we actually have to act on this stuff now. And I think it was a really good time frame for us just because that was like April, May or March, April, May. And I had Croy the end of July. Right. So it came at a really good time. Um, and then June 1st that year was our record business day at that point. We've done Bigger and better than that since then, but at that point, and then July 31st, the day Croy was born, was the first month that PowerFit hit six figures in monthly income, and I don't think those things are um, coincidences.
1: I completely agree because we were taking a lot of the things we learned, and then it took you know about 90 days to implement them, and it just it just started booming from there.
0: And so then I've also come out saying, okay, I'm at the place that I think I am ready to take on you know five. Individual clients from a life, business, fitness, whatever um, coaching aspect. And then there's some people that are like, oh, so you just like are going to take what your business coach taught you and put your sticker tag on it? And I'm like, no, that's not it at all. Because actually, when I started like opening up about being a business coach, there were people that like even my followers who were like, we find value in the fact that you have actually built multiple businesses, Mm -hmm. you've actually failed at a business. And I do feel like a lot of life coaches are great business owners, but they're great business owners in being coaches rather than actual other
1: business. I think what what's different about kind of the the, the stuff we got uh, was phenomenal and it, it gave us a lot of ability to implement new, new tools. But also this is what I tell everybody. The best way to learn is to do and to fail. Failure is the best Teacher, you will ever have in your life. You will learn more by failing than you ever will by succeeding. And you know, I've had multiple businesses where I've started up a a company and it's failed, and you know, it didn't work. Or I had a deal that didn't make money. Well, you know what? The next time we come around, I'm like, you know what? I learned from that mistake last time. I'm not going to invest in this new company because I I know the business model from the last one. And so, because of Randa's, you know, she's grown two different companies that doing over a million dollars a year in sales. That shows she knows how to build it from literally nothing. But then with the very end of Southern Jewels, where it was kind of just going by the wayside because the way everything was going online and retail was kind of dying and everything else, you know, she understood how to pivot, how to pivot from there's from those. And also in the moment, she didn't really understand what was causing it. Well, when you kind of step back a year later, like, OK, what I should have done, I learned right. from those mistakes. So she's able to take those that I'm not. it wasn't a failure per se but a a, a, a redirection, economic, a redirection downturn. She's, she learned how to take that downturn and, and understand that if she were to ever have a company like that, she would know how to alleviate that and not let it happen again. Right. And
0: I also think that the business I'm in now, I actually enjoy the day to day a lot more yep. than the other, which if you would have told me right back then, I wouldn't have want to listen. But anyways, I think that another thing is like, there are certain people, like coaches, like to grow other coaches, mm-hmm. and even in like my Power Fit model, like I have almost twenty empowerment coaches, and they will have rock star members, and some of their rock star members will turn into affiliates. Some of their rock star members will maybe turn into an empowerment coach. Some of their rock star members may win our big twenty or fifty thousand dollars challenges, and like a coach is doing their job if they are growing other leaders or people who are just like thriving and then offering or be, or becoming in in themselves. Like I don't think a great coach just wants everybody underneath them in their group and to stay just right where they are. That's exactly right. Like I know my business coach would be like, "You go girl." Yeah, Not so- like, "What the hell do you think you're doing?" And I think there's just like this this mentality, this like group of certain it's just hard to explain but it's crazy when people come to me with like i can tell such a difference in mindset in people and just the difference oh, from absolutely. one message they send me
1: absolutely we've i've had multiple employees that have worked for us that worked for us for a year and especially le- one one kid that left us about two years ago to start his own company um, I, I noticed about six months before he he kind of left this and started his own company he was asking me a bunch of business questions mm-hmm. and I was telling him everything I own and he was like I really appreciate that you know you don't have to be telling me everything and I was like I kind of knew that he was going to leave because he did this on the side and, and I kept telling him I was like man why are you working for us we don't pay you enough like you make more money on your side hustle than you do working for us why don't you do that and he's like well I was just so scared that I was going to lose the guaranteed revenue and all this I was like yeah but the 40 hours a week you're working for me." If you were to just work, you know, two or three jobs, you're gonna, you'll have that paid for, and so once he finally did, you know, give us a two weeks or whatever, I was like, dude, I'm so proud of you for this. I want you to do uh, do so well, and what was great about it is that he immediately started booming. He actually rents from us in our our building from me in the park. Anytime he needs something, we're there to help him. Yeah, so
0: then him growing actually ends up helping you. Absolutely. Rather than you even thinking, oh my gosh, I'm losing this employee. You're actually yeah. gaining a tenant. Absolutely. And so when Grant and I sat, or right before this podcast, I'm like, okay, what is the main theme of like what we're going to talk about being? And I was like, I want to talk about abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. Yep. And I think it can go in so many different ways. But another thing is not only have I been through growing these different businesses, all these different seasons of life, working with life coaches. But I mean, we've been in therapy together for over six years. And that takes so much time and investment in yourself and really learning so much. Like, I think it's also made me a better friend, a better listener, just a better person, right? And so, like, I know I would pay me quite a bit of money, five, 10 years ago, me, to talk to me now.
1: Oh, for sure. And I no think doubt. there's
0: a lot of value in that. I think there's a ton of value in one-on-one.
1: Mm-hmm. And I've
0: never done one-on-one coaching, and I'm excited about it. But let's go back into the abundance versus scarcity mindset. Right. I remember the very first time I brought this up in therapy that I told Grant I was going to be in a better place if I just started viewing things as abundance versus scarcity. And my Italian husband had this look in his eye with these big eyes, and I knew exactly what he was thinking, and my therapist did too. He's like, oh my god, she's just going to start spending money whenever she wants, left and right. Stuff doesn't have to add up. Like we just have enough. That is what he thought.
1: Yeah, that I truly like. Got so <laughs> nervous because I'm sitting there going, you know, we just built this big house, which was our first house,
0: the you last know, house, the last
1: house. You know, it's five thousand feet, so it's pretty big. Pretty big, and. And I'm sitting there going, I just built through this 5,000 square foot house. You know, she's driving an awesome car. We go, we just got back from Paris and Africa, like taking her all over the world. Like what more is she talking about wanting a life of abundance? I mean, my <laughs> God. And I'm sitting there going, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford this marriage. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, and I, but I didn't freak out. I mean, I, fro- I freaked out. I saw
0: it. Like it was as soon as he did it and I knew where he was going. I'm like, okay, to our therapist, we're going to have to like reroute and I need you to help me explain to him what I'm meaning by
1: abundance versus scarcity. So I didn't say a word. I let So I was like, you need, I was like, splain. Yeah. I was, I need you to splain. Splain. That's what Grant has to say to each other. Instead of explain, we'll get kind
0: of sassy with each other and say splain. Okay. So I listened. He listened. And really there was a, there was a difference. Okay. I grew up in a very middle-class family. But let me tell you, so much love, so much Christianity, so much prayer, so much value, so much like no strings, no competition, no yuckiness, no toxicity, just
1: genuine, genuine. And I grew up the exact opposite.
0: But very hardworking, middle class, paycheck to paycheck. And so that can bring a different mindset when I've grown up paycheck to paycheck, even though at this point in my life with Grant, I had built a multi-million dollar business. I had sold a business and I was thriving in a a different business. But still from all these years and like I put myself through college and different things, Grant had just, I I just had realized at that point in our marriage, I'm like, Grant does not understand because he never grew up this way. Mm -hmm. And so that's where our therapist really helped that I think for so long, even in my successes of business, I don't think I viewed it that way in business, but maybe sometimes in our marriage, I was scared to embrace the abundant side and I would revert back to my scarcity mindset of basically kind of what Grant is saying. Instead of thinking of what you have to gain, it's you're too scared to lose this, or you're too scared to risk this. And I don't think that I was really there that much in business, but I was. I think there a little bit in our marriage at that standpoint mm-hmm. of just like the, the freedom of things. Um, I had a little bit of a little bit of pride and a little bit of chip on my shoulder of what I had built for myself and how I kind of didn't want help from anybody else, whether, even if that be my uh, the love of my life.
1: Girl, you still do. have to enjoy it. <laughs> Am I better? You're a lot better. I'll give you that.
0: Okay, so now you step in and kind of explain our whole shift from abundance to scarcity mindset.
1: Yeah. So I grew up. Um, how do I say this? Uh, in a family that we were we were very well off. Um, I'm trying to be modest about this, but you know, I never had to worry about money. Everything was paid for. Um, I had trust funds. I had all that kind of stuff. Uh, but i didn 't grow up in a in a in a household that was uh, put a lot of value on on christian faith um, I grew up in a very uh toxic environment um, I, I hated school I, I was in a bad spot and so it was one of those things that I was always super scared I grew up with that scarcity mindset of like I was not um, I was too scared to lose things because I never really had anything I was never given tools to Try to grow things because I was taught. But
0: I think it was differently. Like my scarcity was like a
1: mentality of money. Yeah. And I feel like your abundance was a mentality of money. Yeah, my abundance has always been money. Like I've always like, because I don't view money the way most people do. Because I'm like, yes, I grew up with a lot of money and have a lot of money. But if I lose it, it's just money. I can make more. Like money is not something that is very valuable to me. It's a tool it's, an, it's a tool to live life. I don't use it as a... I don't look at it as food to live on. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So I wanted to explain that so that your scarcity is yeah. different. Yeah. My, my scarcity is is uh, with people. Yes. And my
0: scarcity was was money right. and, and fear. Um, and really, it mine boiled down to money and yours yeah. boiled down to the exact opposite. Yeah. So we really had to kind of come together, not only as individuals, but as a marriage. And with our therapist helping us through this saying... I think that a way that we can, and it's sometimes when we go to with our therapist or even like my sessions with my life coach in the past, it's not even that, okay, we need to work on this or this is a problem. It's okay. We're at a maintenance level, but what can our future problems be? Or what can we solidify the base of more? What can we make the foundation stronger in? And so I think this is where we were at one of those places. It wasn't like, okay, this scarcity mindset is like depleting our marriage. No. But I think it was, how can we elevate and make things even better? Because one thing about Grant and I that you'll learn, if you haven't already, is that I don't just like want to be good. I don't want to just be a, a good mom, a good wife, a, a, a good woman, a, a good daughter of the king. I want to be like a badass one.
1: Yeah, she wants to be great at everything she is. And that's kind of, that can either, that's, that's why she's so successful and that's why she's so good. But then that's also what can be your downfall sometimes. So she's got to learn how to, the balance of that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, But I would even say the same for Grant. And I think that we view that together in our marriage. Like, we're not like we just want a good marriage. We We want want a great marriage. Like, I want a legendary marriage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of like what, you know, and I've been in therapy since I was 16, which I've dealt with a lot of anxiety and a lot of, you know, issues that I've had to deal with. But, um, so I love therapy but also my my scarcity mindset was with people. Is I never really let people in because I was constantly getting hurt by people, by family, by by a lot of things. And so I was uh, I was very I had that that scarcity mindset of don't let somebody in, don't be close, don't do this. And so even the first year of marriage, you know, I was still not completely opening up and And, you know, if we were – if there was issues or fights or whatever, like I just – I would avoid the fight. I would avoid the confrontation because I was so scared of losing, you know, not necessarily her, but just like losing something. I I don't know what that certain thing was, and so like I wouldn't open up and be – and want to talk things out, I would just be kind of very passive and be like, okay, whatever, I just don't want to fight.
0: I also think with you growing up an only child, that this was kind of like a, a blessing and a curse too, is like in that first year, I think that you wanted to protect me from certain things.
1: Oh, so, very much, yeah.
0: My gosh, I look back and I'm like, I was so carefree when I was dating and engaged and even brand new married to Grant because he just like protected me from so many things, which I, that is amazing and wonderful that I'm with this man that loves me so much to protect me and let me just like live in my little randa land. But then I even got to a place even just here recently where I'm like, Grant, that meant you were taking all that on yourself.
1: Yeah, so like you didn't
0: have me to understand and be there for you because you were protecting me. And so you were having to walk those battles alone without me.
1: Yeah. And that was without getting into specifics or anything, but I was shielding her from a lot of um, nonsense, to say the least and so but because I was shielding her, that means I was not telling her what was going on uh, in this regard with the circumstances of these conditions. And so she didn't understand why I was constantly stressed, chewing on my nails. like she couldn't understand like why I was just so nervous and, and fidgety all the time because I was taking all that emotional pressure on myself versus you know me opening up and with with that abundance mindset of like hey babe I want to I want to be open and tell you everything in my life because I was so worried about her feelings and her well-being I was trying to shield her from it that i was I was living I was not necessarily worried about losing her, but i was I was fearful of losing something in our marriage if she knew what I was protecting her from
0: yes, and you know it 's crazy is i 'm like I was never like the wife that like, oh my gosh, you didn't tell me or like i didn't you should you should have told me, no, I was never like that i 'm just like, I cannot believe you were taking all this on yourself that I had no idea and no realization to this or the level of these things that I feel bad you were having to do that all yourself. And I think with being an only child, you were maybe like, I'm used to this or I know how to cope with this or or deal with this. Um, So, yeah, our our scarcity and abundance mindsets have been very different. I think that I stepped into mine much more in a financial way in the last two years. Mm -hmm. And I think as a marriage where we've really stepped into abundance versus scarcity mindset and are still stepping into
1: is in terms of our Christianity faith, absolutely. And I'll tell you, like with Randa's uh, scarcity mindset from a financial standpoint, like everything we have invested in this app and everything we've we've put back into our businesses, I would say like three four years ago, Randa would have never ever oh, ever done that because no. she would have been like, "You want me Way to spend too risky? How much? Oh my God, that's so much money. It's just too much risk." But yet, in my companies, like. I use the dollar as a tool. I don't actually look at it as money. You, you know, everything you have to mitigate risk at all the times. But I'm sitting there like, I'll throw multi-million dollars into a project, and I literally won't even think twice about it. And is like, you just spent $5 million on a project? And I'm like, yeah, what, I don't understand what the problem is. Well, but it, it, obviously, it, we're at different levels. Right. So,
0: you know, I, I've i never thrown $5 million into a project. I don't have $5 million to throw into a project. <laughs> if you're a listener going, I don't have that, neither do I, okay? So those things are just, we're at different levels in in business and we're different individuals, even though we're in this one marriage together. And so, I don't know, it was just like an aha thing that I'm like, Grant has never had to worry about money in the way that I worry. And then Grant's like, but Randa, you actually don't have to worry about money in the way that you think you do or the way you used to do. And so we've got to get this level of thinking differently. And so working that through together, working at that through with our therapist, um, I don't know, we've just had so much growth in your right. I mean, what this last year has taken of us in terms of time, energy, and mo- and money, for me, just little old me, I, I did a lot. You know, yeah, like, I, I didn't think I'd ever do something like that. And you're right; probably before two or three years ago, I would have seen how much I'd be spending versus how much would be coming in in terms of profit. Because when you're spending a lot, doesn't matter how much is coming in; a lot's also going out. So profit is like just not there as much.
1: Yeah, we're always. I always try to tell her, you know, look at your cash flow lines. Basically, okay, yeah, you got a lot going out, but this everything we spent on the app we're not going to make it back in the first year and we know that but if you look what this thing could grow to and how you're going the scalability of it could be a 10x return in 10 years so like why wouldn't you do that and so like you have to look at that and like on some of those you know five million dollar projects we just (laughs) said i literally didn't make my money back until four years into the project but then i've just crushed it ever since so but but I knew that it was – it's you don't look at the short-term value of it. You have to look at the long-term longevity of, of the project.
0: And so it's also, I feel like, just a level of not only like abundance versus scarcity mindset, but also just like true discipline. Yeah. to Discipline and long-term like the opposite of instant gratification, yep. long-term gratification, which I feel like is not really a thing anymore because – it just isn't with social media. Everybody can just scroll and see all these fancy cars and lifestyles and, you know, $20,000 bags that everybody's carrying and it's just this like crazy lifestyle that is like in our face at all times Mm -hmm. and so instant that here, Grant and I are doing things like fitness where you can't get your body where you want to be instantly. Yep. I mean, we're getting ready basically to do a four-week challenge. I've never done a four-week challenge since I very first launched the company. And we do these long, like, six-month challenges. Like, right now, we're in the middle of our $50,000 challenge. Yep. But women are wanting these shorter-term And I don't think it's a bad thing because I think small challenges add up to bigger, longer lifestyles. But I'm truly getting ready to do a four-week challenge. And we just launched a program that was based on 30 minutes and under um, time frame. Mm -hmm. And so I think that sometimes people just think like, I don't have enough money or I don't have enough time or um, of all of my coaching clients that had reached out. I mean, I think we had 40 to 50 potential coaching clients and I took two. I was available to take up to five. I don't know if I'll end up taking up to five or just have two. Maybe I'll get another one this week or next week. I don't know. Um, It's just an extra thing. And it's something that I'm excited to be able to give my time into because I do love like one-on-one, I don't know, just relationships, seeing someone grow and prosper. You're great with
1: one-on-one with people. You're phenomenal. And I
0: haven't been able to do that with growing something that is so big and is so group-oriented that I haven't been able to. So I'm excited about that. But it's crazy how... People are so quick and fast to certain things. Like I was telling Grant, even on our walk before this, I'm like, people don't even think twice about going out to eat or going through a drive thru or going out to a bar to meet a friend, and before you know it, the tab is 120, 130, 180, two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But if you like say, hey, maybe like in your marriage, hey, maybe we should look at like starting to go see a therapist once a month, and say it's two hundred dollars a session. Well, like, no, I'm not going to spend $200 on that. Even though that's an entire month's fee, that can only better improve you, your spouse, your marriage, everything that the household runs on. And there is nothing weak about saying, let's bring a professional in, a professional third party to help us hear what each other is saying or help us see each other's pain points um, so that we can be a better team and a better foundation for our family. It's crazy that you'll hear that right away, and absolutely not. I do not have $200 for that. But you'll go out to eat and have spent that five times over in the month.
1: Yeah, what I see a lot of uh, in my friends, what they buy on Amazon, and I'm like, hey, bub, do you really need that? He's like, no, but I wanted it. I'm like...
0: Well, it's quick, fast. They see it, they tap the link, they buy it, and it's at their doorstep the next day.
1: And it's instant gratification. And I'm like, okay, you'll use it once, and it's 50 bucks, and throw it away. And I'm like, what's the point of this? And so... But then those are also the same friends that are like, oh, I need to, you know, in my business, you know, I'm struggling over here or, you know, I need to do this with my family. And I'm like, if you would just prioritize one thing over the other, and if you want something so bad enough, make sacrifices in other facets of your life to get the main objective and goal you want. And it's just a lot of people aren't willing to do that. It It's really crazy, you know? I
0: think that you can have time and money for anything you want, really from an abundant standpoint. I don't care what your current financial situation is. You could be in $50,000 in debt listening to this podcast. And I truly think you have enough time and money to level up and to make things better and to pay off that debt and to become a better, happier person. Like, we truly live in a world of abundance, of opportunity,
1: of connection, of people that can help you. Uh, it's just crazy. And I go to abundance of information. Like, this is what... Because I, I talk at a lot of... I've, I serve on several of the um, uh, Brian CTE school board. I'm on the Round Rock ISD school board um, for their agricultural department. And i serve served on other couple of other school boards. And when... sort well, not I, like true school board, right? Well, it's not the actual school board. It's like the agricultural department's uh, advisory committee. Okay, got so it. So I now. serve on a lot of school committees. Okay. Because I, I really... Enjoy and, and really wanting to get back with you. So I serve on multiple different school district board or committees or whatever, subcommittees, and so anyway, I always anytime I zoom with these uh, teachers or even go into classrooms and I talk to people, I always tell them I was like, guys, in this digital age, YouTube is your best friend, and they kind of like, yeah, we love YouTube. I'm like, what do you like to watch? And they're like, oh, I like to, you know, watch uh, some guy play video games. I'm like. How about you watch a video of how to code a computer or how do you watch a instructional of how to use how to build a fort? I don't know. Like there is so much information on YouTube. It is an abundance of of information that like, all right, instead of scrolling and watching uh, Netflix from 9 to 10 before you go to bed, how about if you want more money, go learn a tool or a trade and spend every night from 9 to 10 learning on YouTube with so much free information or automating YouTube channels, or learning cryptocurrency. That like a lot of that stuff. I do that a lot every day. I try to at least watch probably fifteen to twenty minutes of YouTube. Oh, Grant is Mister Crypto, dude. If y'all are into crypto, Grant's your man. <laughs> yeah. So I always try to learn as much as I always try to do. Have some kind of learning thing every single day. Of and most of it, it comes on YouTube. Like here lately, I've been learning about this. Is something stupid, but it's entertaining to me. Is uh like vinyl wraps. Like I don't – like a lot of the stuff I look is at cars, but I'm sitting there going, all right, how can I incorporate that into my business? So one of the things I'm learning about with vinyl wrapping is that I'm about to do two massive multi-tenant signs in our park. And I'm like, all right, well, instead of going to spend – what? how much did your Southern Jewels cost, like $15,000? $15, 15 and that was over 10 years ago, okay, so it would probably be $20,000 yeah, now. So if that's – one sign was $20,000, the multi-tenant sign, I would say – one of my signs would be $100,000 minimum because if it was signs like yours – so what I've learned is that the way I'm going to build it all myself, and I'm actually going to vinyl wrap it and backlight it, that I'm going to have a seventy dollars or $80,000 looking sign that's only going to cost me six $7,000 for the actual signage part, not the columns, not the steel, not the foundations, but just right. the signage part. And I'm sitting there going, I just say me learning and educating over the last two months of how to install, what do I need to do, what kind of fabric, there's, there's, there's back sticking, what kind of... Uh, metals it needs to adhere to. Do you need a pop rivet? Do you need a smooth? Like I've learned so much on YouTube that I'm saving myself per sign, probably $125,000 because I took the initiative to take 20 minutes out of my day to go learn something. Yes.
0: And you know, even like I even think about therapy now, like I don't even think twice about the money we spend on that. And there's so many different things like at this point in my life that I don't even think of when it comes to spending the money. And I never thought I would live a life like that like I don't forget you know what it's like to live like paycheck to paycheck so whenever I don't have to budget for certain things or I don't have to think twice about these things that we do in our life it comes with a lot of appreciation it comes with there's no way I'm going to sacrifice doing those things because showing up and doing those things has helped me to get to where I am to where I can live this way mm-hmm. you know and I just think anything in terms of self-development. I don't care what it is. If there's something you've been looking at in terms of it doesn't have to be fitness. It doesn't have to be nutrition. It could be at church that's free. It could be giving back. It could be anything that is like some kind of like a feel-good or improvement thing. I think you should really look into doing that because those kinds of things are are not going away. There there's a ton of abundance and opportunity, but just sitting and and scrolling and consuming nonstop, I think, is kind of getting to where it can kind of tear a lot of like good things in your life down.
1: Yep. And if you like another thing too, what I'm I'm actually this week I'm going to start learning a lot about AI. Like I've been seeing it a lot on some posts. And we've got some marketing friends of ours that just swear by AI. So I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to learn about chat GPT and OpenAI and all these kind of things. And that's what I'm going to learn about for the next month. And I'm going to see how I can incorporate those kind of tools into my business every day.
0: And the other thing is, you know, we can sit here and say all those things, but I would not be where I am as a person or as a mom or as a business owner without grant, you know, like having a, and I don't just mean because grant has money and has been able to help me build businesses because he's had this abundance mindset in terms of his money. No, I mean like a supportive, encouraging, you've got this and I'm going to be here all along the way. And, you know, I've just learned some people don't have that or they don't have that in their friends. Or maybe you're the friend in the group that's trying to level up and all your friends are still like wanting to go out to the bars or are kind of talking ugly about people. And you're like, I am so at a different pace of life that like that stuff, I don't even want consuming my time or energy or my space, get it away from me. But like, you don't all of a sudden know how to go from like this group of friends to like a different group of people. That's where I think, not just trying to sell myself as a coach, but I think getting connected with the right people and having those right relationships or finding the right mentors. If you don't have the right, maybe you're single right now and you don't have a spouse or different things. I mean, really, I mean, I look back at my business coach, and even our therapist. I mean, they are true
1: mentors in our lives. Absolutely. And we still talk to them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, all the time.
0: So I just wanted us to do this um, podcast about abundance versus scarcity mindset. Uh, maybe you can implement it in some different way in your life. Maybe your you know, story is very different from ours. But hey, if you've got time, even Google some abundance versus scarcity mindsets or stories or... Uh, other podcasts even that I think can get you in that right direction. And I do have three spots available for my one-on-one coaching. (laughs)
1: That's exactly right. Hashtag subtle plug.
0: (laughs) Hashtag subtle plug. So yeah, that's that. Um, Anything else you want to add
1: to this podcast, Grant? I can't just can't think of anything.
0: Okay, well, thank y'all for tuning in. We would love feedback, a review. You can screenshot, share this to your Instagram story. Tell us what you're wanting to hear more of. Um, this is a, a free resource of a way for us to connect with you and give back and share and communicate and all the things. And I'm so excited to be back to podcasting in 2023. And I have so much coming to the podcast, including a new intro for the next one. Absolutely. Bye, y'all.